Welcome to Daily Defining Moments. This is Pastor Allen, and I'm so glad you're with me. Our goal each day is to help you open your Bible and connect with Jesus. Remember, before I begin my day, God has something to say. We're reading through the New Testament portion of the one-year Bible in the New Living Translation. Today is October 29th, and our reading comes from the book of Philemon. Now, I want to begin in verse 8, but let me set up the story a little bit. Paul is writing to a person, his name is Philemon, to address a former employee, Onesimus, who apparently ran away and may have stolen some of his employer's stuff. He meets Paul somehow in Rome, ends up getting converted, ends up developing this relationship with Paul, where Paul disciples him, he becomes mature in his faith, and now Paul is writing this letter to tell Philemon, hey, I'm going to send him back, and it appears Paul is sending him back to make things right with his former employer. So that's what the whole story is about. Let me pick it up in verse 8. Paul says this, that is why I'm boldly asking a favor of you. I could demand it in the name of Christ because it is the right thing for you to do. But because of our love, I prefer simply to ask you, consider this request from me, Paul, an old man, and now also a prisoner for the sake of Christ Jesus. I appeal to you to show kindness to my child, Onesimus. I became his father in the faith. While here in prison, so Paul had led him to Jesus. And Omnisibus hasn't been of much use to you in the past, but now he's very useful to both of us. Why? Well, because he's given his life to Jesus and Paul's discipled him. And now he's very useful for the kingdom of God. Verse 12, I'm sending him back to you and with him comes my own heart. I wanted to keep him here with me while I'm in these chains for preaching the good news, and he would have helped me on your behalf, but I didn't want to do anything without your consent. I wanted you to help because you were willing, not because you were forced. It seems you lost Onesimus for a little while so that you could have him back forever. He's no longer like a slave to you. He's more than a slave, for he is a beloved brother, especially to me. Now he will mean much more to you, both as a man and as a brother in the Lord. So if you consider me your partner, welcome him as you would welcome me. And then watch what he says in verse 18. Paul says, if he has wronged you in any way or owes you anything, charge it to me. Charge it to my account. I will pay his debt. I, Paul, write this with my own hand. I will repay it, and I won't even mention that you owe me your very soul. Yes, my brothers, please do this favor for the Lord's sake. Give me this encouragement in Christ. Well, this is what the whole letter is about. Paul is trying to bring reconciliation in this relationship. So let me touch on several things, because the truth is all of us have experienced something like this, where somebody that we knew, often somebody that we loved and care about, they betrayed us, they left us, they mistreated us, they even stole for us. What do we do? How do we respond to those situations. So let me give you a handful of things to think about. Number one, we need to forgive. So when Onesimus leaves, Philemon has a responsibility, listen, 
for Philemon's sake to forgive this man who has wronged him. Remember, anytime I forgive, I'm really forgiving for my sake, for the condition and purity of my soul, because unforgiveness turns to bitterness and gives the devil a foothold, gives him an open door to begin working in my life. Forgiveness closes the door and guards and protects my heart and allows the Spirit of God to begin the process of healing and restoration, regardless of what the other person does. So I need to forgive. Now, one of the keys to being able to forgive is to keep in mind how much I have been forgiven. So when I consider the gospel and all that God has done for me and all that he has forgiven, the truth is it would be incredibly hypocritical, just kind of ridiculous for me to not forgive other people. So I want to forgive like I've been forgiven. Now, forgiveness and restoration are not the same. So this man left And if he hadn't had this interaction with Paul, given his life to Jesus, been discipled, then the truth is restoration was probably not possible. In order for restoration to happen, the offending party has to take responsibility. They have to ask for forgiveness. They have to rebuild trust. And over time, a relationship can be healed, can mend. But forgiveness and restoration are two separate things. Now, I think this is also so important. The key to restoration is for this person to have an encounter with Jesus. Now, in this case, it means he got saved and discipled by Paul. But the truth is, in all of our conflict, when our relationships are broken, the key to healing and unity is for us all to grow and mature in our faith. Because when we grow and mature in our faith, then we grow in our capacity to love each other. And the truth is what broke our relationship was a violation of love. So as I grow in my faith and I grow in my capacity to love, then all of my relationships are strengthened. So the secret to restoration is my personal growth and maturity. That's true for all of us. Now, the reason I point that out is sometimes we find all kinds of manipulative ways to try to get back into relationship with a person that allows us to avoid taking responsibility, growing personally, dealing with the issues that this relationship has exposed in our heart, in our character, and allowing God to meet us there and to to grow us and mature us. So we can't play those games. What we've got to do is take responsibility, ask God what drove that bad behavior that violated my love and destroyed this relationship. How do I allow God to minister to that pain or whatever it is beneath the surface that drove that bad behavior and really transform my identity and strengthen my character so that restoration actually becomes possible. And with the person I've offended, I've got to take responsibility. I've got to ask forgiveness and I've got to understand it's my responsibility to rebuild trust and to establish a track record if there's any hope of that person allowing me back into their life. So we just have to understand the difference between forgiveness and restoration. So in this case, when Onesimus runs away 
and Rome, somehow he meets Paul and he hears the gospel and he's probably feeling kind of guilty and ashamed because of what he's done. And God uses all that redemptively. So when he hears the gospel and a message about forgiveness and mercy and grace and and a relationship with God and a new heart, when he hears that, he gives his life to Paul. And over probably several months, Paul's discipled him. And one of the things that I love is that he has humbled himself and he is serving and honoring Paul. And all of that is a strong indication of what God is doing in his heart and that his conversion is real and that he can be trusted again. And so after Paul sees that for a number of months, then Paul sends him back. See, part of the discipleship process is when we have hurt and wounded and destroyed relationships, burned bridges. Part of the discipleship process is anytime we're able, we need to go back to those relationships and to try to make them right, to try to restore what was broken. So Paul sends him back. And the thing I just love about that is that God is a God of second chances. And we should be a people of second chances, right? I don't know about you, but I can look back on my life and see people who gave me a second chance, a third chance, a fourth chance, right? People that were patient. And there was a process, but the process, the whole process worked to grow and develop me and to restore our relationship and to really prepare me for for the future. God worked redemptively in it. So let's be like Jesus. Let's be people of a second chance, which means we're forgiving them and we're hoping God will restore them. We have some boundaries in place. We're expecting them to take responsibility. We're expecting them to be repentant. We're looking for some indicators that would help us know that they can be trusted again. They have a responsibility to rebuild trust or rebuild respect so that we'll take some of those boundaries down one at a time and that relationship can be restored and strengthened. Listen, this is what forgiveness and restoration in the kingdom of God, we should be experiencing this in our relationship. This is what it should look like when we hurt and offend other people or they hurt and offend us. And when we do it, when we walk it out this way, man, it just brings God glory and it builds for all of us our own humility and brokenness, surrender, dependence. It leads us into a deeper relationship with Jesus. God wants to work redemptively in all of our pain. Even if we're the whether we're the offended or the offender, God wants to work redemptively through this process, just like in the book of Philemon, to draw us closer to Jesus, to deepen our faith, and to restore and strengthen all of our relationships for His glory. So let me just pray for you. Father, I pray for every person listening. God, we've all been hurt, and we have all hurt others. God, I pray that we would be able to forgive. God, that we'd find the courage and the faith to trust you with forgiveness and to forgive those who have hurt us in different ways. God, I pray when we've hurt other people that we would ask for forgiveness, that we would humble ourselves, that we would take responsibility, that we would try to make the relationship 
right. And then, God, I pray that you'd give us all the wisdom to understand how to create a redemptive process that allows a person to rebuild trust and to restore our faith in them. God, we pray that as much as it's up to us, we'd live at peace with all people. So give us the wisdom to know how to navigate that. God, give us the courage when necessary to invite a couple of people to help us create a plan and a path towards reconciliation and restoration, just like Paul does in the book of Philemon. So Lord, help us, God. We want to be a people. Our unity is so important. In fact, I'm just reminded if when you prayed and asked, Jesus prayed and asked that we would be one and that by our unity, by our oneness, by our love for each other, the whole world would know that we are followers of Jesus. So God, help us to be a people that loves and forgives and works to restore relationships for your glory and your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Man, I hope that helps. And remember, before I begin my day, God has something to say. We'll see you again tomorrow.